Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here with me today. I'm Mercy Russell, and this is the Remarkable Relationship Show. Today, I will be having a conversation with my colleague and friend, Melissa Kirk. In this show, my goal is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Our topic today is an unfortunate marriage as a path to empowerment. Melissa and I met 10 years ago in a group bringing spirituality to business. With a degree in psychology and business from UC Riverside, Melissa has integrated her business skills with her intuitive talents as a master in hand analysis, theta healing, astrology, and human design. She is a coach and business consultant, and in her spare time, she loves selling homes. Last week, I talked about how a family systems lens would begin to look at the phenomenon of narcissistic personality disorder. Today, we are going to talk about Melissa's path of self-discovery as she extricated herself from a difficult 20-year marriage. I just want to read you um, just uh, something about Melissa um, from her website, which is melissakirk.com. Um, just to give you a little more background on Melissa and her, um, her view of her work. I've been there, lost and wondering if I would ever be able to actually live fully in purpose and understand why I am here and how I would like to serve. I've done it, successfully navigated the inner turmoil, and that's why I'm so excellent at helping others do the same. I've hit the lows and then cried myself to sleep. I thought if I got the man I wanted, the job and the house, then everything would be better. Unfortunately, I still felt like something was missing. All I was doing was functioning, searching for something better, knowing that I had a lifestyle I desired and I was going to get it no matter what. I didn't know how I would do it, just that I would. Very simply, the work we do gives you a way to make decisions that work for you. This transformed my life and every decision I made going forward. I'm here to assist you in tapping into your purpose, drawing courage to yourself as you move with confidence into new choices. You'll begin to tune back into your body's wisdom so that you can break free from negative self-talk and redirect that energy towards truly living a life that lights you up from the inside out. And, uh, and I can testify that Melissa has done this. I've known her for 10 years and I've seen the proof of the pudding. So Melissa, 
welcome. Hi, Marcy. Hi. Nice to be here with you. Great. So I just want to start today with um, just asking you a little bit about your family background. That is my lens, of course, just so we get a chance, a picture of who you were when you got married. Um, when you and I spoke, we decided that we would sort of focus on the, your transition out of your marriage as your path to empowerment. Um, so this is really about you, after all. Um, um, can you just uh, let us know a little bit about where you grew up, your parents, um, and just where your family is from? Yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area um, in California, and both my parents are teachers. I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger brothers. And, um, you know, I, I was taught my whole life that you, if you do things in a certain order, that you reduce the amount of pain and anguish that you go through. And I tried to check off all the boxes and go through the right steps. I went to, um, after I finished high school, I went directly to college and that's where I met my ex and we got married while we were still in college. But I think one of the biggest things when I look back on it was that I was always a pleaser. I was always trying to do what I was supposed to do. You know, I grew up in a family where, um, divorce wasn't really an option. And, um, so I think that, you know, I felt a little stuck when I got into my marriage and I realized that it probably wasn't the best idea for me. So um, my parents are still married. They're in their 80s. And, um, you know, it just, <clears throat> it was a great learning experience for me to learn how to stand up for myself and learn how to be authentic um, and get clear on who I was and what I wanted, because I don't think I really knew. I don't think I really, I just kind of did whatever anyone else wanted me to do. I always, always being the person they wanted me to be. And, um, you know, it took a lot of digging to figure out who I really was and who I wanted to be and to step into being my authentic self. So, um, can you just, I, I'm wondering if without getting too distracted, because it's easy to get distracted by these details, if you could just fill us in a little bit on what some of the challenges in the marriage were for you. And looking back at this point, how you see your automatic way of functioning that might have fed into the dilemmas that you were facing. Yeah, um, well, my, my ex was pretty controlling and wanted everything his way, and I was pretty accommodating. Um, but then, you know, I really could never do anything good enough. It was never really to his standard. If I would if I would clean the whole house, he would say, well, I could have cleaned it better. Or if I made a, if I was cooking and making a meal, there would be always some kind of criticism, even if it was just that I made too much food. Um, there was always something where he was personally putting, there was a personal attack. And I look back on it now and I feel like, um, you know, a lot of it was the way he was brought up. I don't think that he ever got a lot of positive feedback. And you know, he, he just wanted me to be his slave, basically. 
And, but no matter how hard I tried, I could never, I could never measure up. It was never going to be good enough. So, um, you know, it started to make me really question myself and feel badly about myself and, you know, kind of spiral into, it's pretty defeating to feel like no matter what you do, it's not good enough. So. Right. It's interesting. As you talk about that, I think like the, there is this, you know, we're up against still, of course, this idea that that's what a good wife does, right? Is what her husband wants her to do. Mm-hmm. And that her job is to please her husband. <laughs> and this is a little bit more of a trap for some women than it is for others. Um, you are a very empathic and intuitive person. So um, given that expectation, it would make sense that you would try your best to kind of take care of people's emotions and to do what would make them happy. Yeah, that was my pattern my whole life was, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to be a pleaser. (laughs) Right. But the danger of that is you lose yourself in that process. Mm -hmm. Right. But you were also, I mean, as the oldest with three brothers and then a girl, oldest girl of three brothers. Mm-hmm. And I, what were your, was, um, I, you know, there's a vulnerability in coming from that position too, in that, and in, I don't, I, you know, I don't know, um, just, we haven't talked about it, but I wonder too about the way that your, you know, parents were grew up in their families and the expectations that they might've had of you as an oldest. I'm, I'm the oldest and I have two parents who are youngest. Mm. So they deferred to me. I mean, from the time I was young, it was like, because they didn't really know how to be the boss. They knew they were supposed to, but, and, but it was always very confusing because of course I wasn't the boss. (laughs) So, um, so that made me vulnerable in a way to trying to second guess, you know, what somebody else needed and what I was supposed to do and not expecting any positive feedback for it because it really wasn't my role. Right. Right. That, so that was my situation as an oldest and I'm wondering how yours might've played into your experience. Well, my mom's an oldest and she was the drill sergeant (laughs) and my dad's the youngest. So they had both of those going on, but Uh I think for me, it made me very independent, very self-sufficient. You know, I was off mm -hmm, Uh because I was kind of off. My mom was very dedicated to being a mother. Um, So I didn't need to fill that role, but I kind of, you know, was on, I, I feel like, I didn't ever really like anyone telling me what to do. I didn't, I was always very independent and um, wanted to do things myself. And, you know, I've heard my mom sometimes talking, she was talking to one of my sister-in-laws about me when I was a kid. And she said, I never taught Melissa anything. She just did everything herself. (laughs) So um, I think when I got married to someone that was trying to control everything I did and, um, you know, I just kind of shut down eventually when I was trying to be, do what he wanted, but it was Mm -hmm. never good enough. So. Well, so what was it that attracted you to your, to your husband? I mean, if you were very independent and he was kind of controlling, there must've been something in the beginning. Well, really, he didn't show that side of him until Uh after we got married. Uh So I remember every, every day on my honeymoon, calling my mom crying 
very upset with the way he was treating me. And he hadn't really treated me that way. When I look back on it, um, there were signs of it, but not, not to the extent. And then it was almost like he knew I was trapped once I married him. And so he became a different person. And I think that, um, yeah, he, I, asking me what it was, what attracted me to him, it was probably just his persistence. <laughs> he was mm -hmm. pursuing me and, um, you know, eventually like it was, I kind of surrendered to it. So, but it wasn't quite that, um, all his true colors didn't really come out until after we were married. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty quick because I realized now he was in a hurry to, you know, because it was hard to put on an act for so long. Right. <laughs> so, right. and that's why we got married, you know, while we were still in college. Mm -hmm. How so, old were you and how, how old was he? I was 18. He was 22 when we met. Yeah. Yeah. And I got married. We got married when I was 21. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so, and we, he had done some other things in college. So he was, um, he was about just about a year ahead of me in school, even though he was quite a bit older. So, uh -huh. yeah. 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 Okay. So that's, I don't think that's very uncommon too, no. you know, is that things I always said with both my marriages that there was almost a seismic shift, you know, <laughs> like when we got married, it was kind of like being pulled to the bottom of the ocean all of a sudden emotionally. And it just, it was a little mysterious to me, but I think that that's, that's not an uncommon experience, regardless of what really attracts you to each other or creates a match. Right. So, yeah. So, um, I think that's, you know, I think that's a nice kind of broad stroke of the challenges you personally were in, in the marriage. And um, what I really want to focus on is how coming out of the marriage and moving forward created who you are today. And um, I think that we are close to a break. Is that right, Benny? Yeah, but you're welcome to finish up your last statement or yeah. comment. Well, yeah, I think ahead. this is a good time for a break. Okay, sounds good. Um, so, um, and when when we come back, this is when we come back, we'll be talking about um, how how Melissa moved forward. This is, and then so this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. My guest today is Melissa Kirk. Um, we will have an open line for call in. Uh, at the last segment of the show. So if anyone's interested, um, Benny will be watching that. Um, we certainly can um, fill in the time until then. So anyway, um, well, look forward to coming back after the break. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Hi, tune in to my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance. 
while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Uh, hello, this is Mercy Russell with a Remarkable Relationship Show, and my guest today is Melissa Kirk, uh, and we've been talking about um, how a, how a, what I call an, unfor- an unfortunate marriage um, can lead to empowerment and transformation. So um, Melissa has just been talking about kind of her early life and her 20-year marriage, how she uh, sort of got involved in it and the kinds of challenges that she faced in it. So Melissa, how did you decide to leave the marriage? This was after almost 20 years, is that correct? And three children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think really one of the things was this was in, you know, like 2008 when the market was crashing and we had a lot of we had our own business. It wasn't doing well because it was related to the housing market. And um, he wasn't really being honest with me about what the situation was. And so um, we had, we ended up having to move and um, started going through a lot of shuffling and turmoil, but also I was physically getting sick. So, um, you know, I think that I realized that the stress of the relationship was causing me a lot of health issues. And um, I don't really feel like I would have recovered from them if I would have stayed in that situation. So I think that was my parents supported me and allowed for me and my kids to come live with them because I had been a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that support behind me, I took, you know, the steps that I had probably wanted to take for years, but never knew, I just didn't know how to do it. So at that point, when it was about my physical well-being and the health of my children and everything else, um, you know, I finally told him that I, that this wasn't working and I wanted mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So how, how did you know, I, I, 
that your physical symptoms were related to your unhappiness in your marriage. I don't, you know, I think looking back, I, I have had moments like that too. And, um, but I don't think it's so obvious to a lot of people that the connection between the two. Well, it's one of the things I do in my business is, you know, every organ in the body has an emotional connection to something. Also, every disease has, you know, an underlying factor to it. And when you start dissecting that kind of stuff, you can kind of trace back to where it originated. Because a lot of times it, it can be environmental or it can be the foods you're eating. It can be things like that or hereditary, but it also can just be your emotional state. Your emotions play a very strong role in your health. And so I started really looking at, and I was training as a massage therapist. And, you know, when you get into that kind of realm, you learn all kinds of healing modalities. And then when I started learning Theta Healing, which now I teach 22 different classes in the Theta Healing technique um there are a lot there's a lot of indicators of which organs are connected with which emotions and which systems of the body are connected with what parts of life and it just really started putting the puzzle pieces together for me mm-hmm. it's interesting you know i my kind of um my lens is a systems view and in many ways that is a systems view i mean one of the first models of systems thinking is the model of the human body as a system, not just, you know, you can't really isolate any one piece of it from the rest. Um, from, from a broader systems point of view, I, you know, the way I would see it when thinking back as I'm listening to you and my own situation is that when someone develops a symptom in, the, in a family, a physical symptom, it could be emotional or it could be social like drinking or stealing or something like that, they are, uh, it's, they're in a one down position in the family. And I think that um, that makes sense also to me about how you made that connection of I'm flailing here. And it's somehow the, this marriage is pushing me down. And um, it's easy to say he's pushing me down, but to, you know, in some respect, it's, the, it's your position in the system. So what did you discover about yourself as you kind of crawled out of that marriage? Um, and I'm, you know, I just want to ask you to talk about experiences you had along the way that I think have, are part of this transformation that you've had. Um, because, you know, it's interesting, alongside your analytical mind, <laughs> I've very been exposed to this, and your prodigious memory, by the way, the way you can hold details um, is, is really um, far beyond what I know I'm capable of. Um, you are also a gifted intuitive. So in addition to these really sort of high level cognitive skills, you're also very intuitive. Um, but how did you, how did you um, step into all of this as you left your marriage? Well, I think, um, you know, I was... I was pretty emotional and pretty shut down. And I started dissecting, you know, the emotions I was having. And, you know, one of my primary emotions at that time was anger. And, you know, that really affects the liver. Um, But what I noticed was, as I started dissecting it, you know, I had, I didn't really, with three small kids to support, I didn't really have a choice but to move forward to, you know, 
be in action and make a living and support my kids. So um, I think that that anger got me through it because underneath all that anger was a lot of sadness. And as the anger, I started dealing with my anger and started, it started going away. It was harder to keep it together emotionally, right? Because then that sadness isn't, isn't a driving force for action. So, you know, I realized like why, why I was dependent so much on the anger. It, it got me through. It helped me, um, you know, it helped me to support my kids. It helped me to keep things together. And then as um, along the journey, I started to see, you know, the destruction of it and what it was really covering up and what was underneath it. And, you know, I was very hurt by, you know, always being put down and always being told I was never good enough. And just that whole interaction with in my marriage. So I think that as I started to dissect it, I had to be my own um, barometer for who I am. And, you know, just because he said something didn't make it true. And I started, you know, I also started learning about hand analysis. And in the hand analysis, you know, my purpose was to be in front of an audience and have a message that is easy to understand from complicated information. And to, you know, articulate that from, from the stage and to be seen. And I just wanted to hide. So I really had to start working on my own confidence and learning that what was really true for me. And just because somebody said something doesn't make it true. And I had to start, you know, being kind to myself, loving myself. I had to have start having boundaries with people and stop letting everyone push me around. And, you know, it made me a much stronger person. Um, when I left, when I left my marriage, it wasn't like I just walked away. There was a lot of harassment and stuff that went on after that kept me in that drama with him. And he would use my kids as pawns. So I, you know, I really just had to get a higher perspective of the situation. I also had to understand that my kids were, you know, they, that he was their father for a reason and they had some lessons to learn with him. And it wasn't my job to interfere with it because it was really hard to let your kids go and be feel like they were in an unsafe situation. But I realized that those were their battles to handle and their lessons to learn. And, you know, I just had to do what I thought was best when they were with me and not worry about what was happening there because I didn't have control over it. Mm -hmm. So there were so many lessons in it, letting go. Um, what, um, can you, can you pinpoint or talk about what kind of support or tools, or you talked a little bit about getting a sense of your purpose with the hand analysis that of course was, you might've had some resistance to, right? And I think that, you, you know, um, sometimes the things we have resistance to are the things we really need to do. And you have certainly stepped into that. But I'm just wondering, um, you mean the whole thing of learning how to set boundaries and getting that higher perspective doesn't come easily. And I'm wondering, what was it that really helped you along the way? 
I started working with um, a shaman along the way. And a lot of the shaman work is about seeing what's underneath it. Like, where did this come from? Where did this originate from? Is this in your DNA or is it something that you learned from a past experience? And um, then I started doing theta healing work, which really gets to the bottom of things. So, you know, like if you feel like your father was very mean to you and told you you'd never amount to anything, you know, looking at what the benefit of that was, because a lot of times that's what makes people, I'm going to prove you wrong, right? And that it kind of puts a fire under them that I'm going to show you that I am, I do have it in me and I am going to amount to something. And sometimes that's our driving force. And so when you recognize that and you can give that force up, you can, you know, still be motivated and successful even without being put down or without being, you know, and looking at things for situations for how they were benefiting you and what you were getting out of it. Why did you stay? Because anyone that's staying in a situation that's not in their highest and best way, they're getting something out of it or they wouldn't stay. But sometimes that's hard to see. And sometimes, you know, that will really trigger people's emotions that, what do you mean I'm staying in this situation because I want to, you know, and it's, it's not because you want to, it's because there's a payoff and, you know, people don't change until the pain gets worse than the, than what we're experiencing. And so I really started looking from a different lens at every situation and doing, you know, they call it belief work, but finding out like what's underneath that, what what, where's the root cause? And so I think that when I was started to do the hand analysis and I understood what my purpose was, and I understood what the lesson was that kept holding me back. And I started looking at my human design and my astrology and started to see like the blueprint or the recipe for my life for success. Um, but the theta really helped me to remove the blocks and the reasons why I couldn't step into it. Cause it was pretty scary you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of scary to think of getting up and on a stage when, you know, you've been told basically you're worthless. You don't want anyone looking at you. You don't feel like you have anything of value to say. So, you know, I had to, I had to get through that head trash. I had to change my way of thinking. I do a lot of mindset work with my clients now to help them be empowered in their life and see where, you know, everybody has a genius. Everybody has something that they're brilliant at. And bringing that out. And then when you feel blocked and unable to step into it, you know, that's when the mindset work comes in to rewire your brain, you know, to stop the, the head trash and stop the repeating patterns and the monologue that goes on in your head that we all have that came from somewhere and learning how to move past it. And that's a lot of what I'm helping my clients do mm -hmm. is dissect those root problems and get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this, this is just such a great example of how, you know, your fulfillment of that life purpose, because I love the way you can describe what you do and how it works directly and simply. I just want to say this is it's really a gift. It's not something that comes easily, you know, to to most people. Um, it's just it is part of your your nature. So what has surprised you along the way? Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, just, I'm, you know, I like these stories of things that happen that are kind of magical and that just sort of wake us up and kind of tune us into the fact that there's a lot more going on here than what we can see. 
I think one of the things that surprised me the most probably is, you know, when you have someone that's being really, I mean, just downright mean to you and, you know, you can, if I told you all the things that he did, you wouldn't think any of the stuff that he did was okay. But learning that um, I wasn't a victim of it. And if I was going to be a victim of it, then I had no power to change it. And so I think that's one of the most empowering things is that when you feel a victim to somebody, you're powerless. And so I had to really see like what, what my creation was and how I allowed this to happen. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't really understand how it was, how I was causing part of it. It's hard to see because it wouldn't have been by my outward behaviors you know, because I was mostly just being compliant to him, but it was the compliance and not the ability not to stand up for myself and to take on his, you know, rendition of whatever the situation was. I think it really surprised me um, when I started to see another way of looking at it and a way of, um, you know, there was also, I guess, one of the other things is, is that he was, very, um, and he was, he went out to a lot of trouble to sabotage my relationship with my kids. And it's interesting now that they're adults, how they've seen through a lot of it. And I am very close with my kids again. Mm -hmm. So I think those were probably being the victim. Cause I talked to so many people that just are so gripped with, they're a victim of their circumstances. And I think that was one of the most empowering things to step into your role in it and stop being the victim. That's the only way to get empowerment. And it's the only way to have change. And then the other thing, you know, with my situation with my kids, I really never thought that I would have a healthy relationship with them again. I know people that are, you know, in their 20s and 30s, 40s, that they're still angry with their parents and they still, you know, they won't have a relationship with them. And you know, I feel like I have a really great relationship with my kids now. They call me all the time. They ask me to do stuff. We hang out. We have fun. And, you know, they rely on me for wisdom and everything else. They're, mm -hmm. all, they're all doing well. So I think if you would have asked me 10 years ago what, this would, what my, it would look like in my relationships with my kids, and I think that all this work that I've done on myself and improving myself has really transformed those situations too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for certainly, it, you know, that's, I think the key really is that it, the work we have is about ourselves and without directing our, you know, other people in our life, we have, we have an influence and we model and we sometimes can't even see how it is that our own growth and strength is um, perceived and in, especially with our children who are very sensitive to who we are and to how we operate, how that, how they're even putting that together, they may not even be able to tell you, but it just, um, and it's hard sometimes to convince people that they really need to turn the focus back on themselves and not be so focused on their children or, you know, the ex-husband. Um, and I think you've described that really nicely. Um, I really want to hear from you a really specific moment when you made that, when you, some 
something in some workshop or something where all of a sudden you saw something that you hadn't seen before? Because you, you talk about this, you know, beginning to see, you know, that your role and, and stepping out of feeling like a victim. And um, I just, I don't think that's an intellectual process. It's, it's usually something that really involves your emotions, your perceptions. It's often a bit of a shock. Well, I think that, you know, there was, I don't know if there's one defining moment, but I think there was a moment in time when I connected several pieces that were going on in my life. Um, when I really realized that I had to stop being a victim in order to have any power in my life. And that that was the only way for me to move on and heal all of this. And when I started to really start to look at that, you know, I had to dissect my own behavior. And I didn't realize like being a doormat or being passive or being compliant. Um, I never really saw that as an, as, you know, a problem that was creating problems, right? I didn't, I never recognized the impact of it. And then the other piece of it was when I, when I understood my anger, because, you know, I would work on my anger, I would try to do other, you know, try to not let the anger take over, try not to act out on it. And when I realized that it was covering up all my sadness, I really started dealing with all my emotions and all, all of the hurt and all of the, the wounds that I had in there. And I just realized, you know, it's just like if you, if you have some kind of, you know, sore on your arm and someone bumps into you, you know, you're going to have like a violent reaction. It's the same way as when you have an internal wound. You know, if someone bumps your arm and there's no wound there, you may not even notice it. If someone bumps something, though, that is a wound and it's open and bleeding, um, there can be quite a reaction to it. And I started noticing how, you know, I could find my wounds by, by my reactions to what people would say or what was happening. And um, it was pretty informative to start working on healing that stuff. And, you know, to be a healthy person, you can't just carry around all that baggage and how to release it and how to leave it behind and see, see the lessons in it, right? Because life is teaching us, life is showing us, you know, I, I believe that our soul came here for an agenda and to learn things, certain things. And we, we attract the people and situations into our life to learn those things. So I wanted to stop, you know, ignoring those lessons. I wanted to see like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Because, you know, what I found was that patterns repeat. You get one rid of one situation, you quit one job, you leave one relationship. The next one just comes back in a different form, mm -hmm. but it's the same thing till you learn it. And I think that was really motivating. Yeah, really, really all kind of came together. Yeah. So we're going to take another break. Um, this is Mercy Russell with the, with the Remarkable Relationship Show. I'm talking with Melissa Kirk today. Um, and after the break, we'll have open phone lines. The number to call is 888-298-5569. If you would like to speak to either of us, and we will continue the conversation. 
Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Hi, tune in to my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m., and you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful, and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there, just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hello, this is Mercy Russell with the, Rela- with Re- the Remarkable Relationships show. My guest today is Melissa Kirk. Uh, we're talking about empowerment after an unfortunate marriage. Um, and I just want to mention that uh, we have our call-in f- uh, line is open. The number is 888-298-5569 if you have any questions. For either of us. Um, so, Melissa, I just, you know, if we're going to just to continue the conversation, I'd like to hear more about what you're doing today, uh, how you're using the different modalities you work with, um, with your clients and in your own life, and um, uh, just really what the benefit's been for you. Yeah, well, most of the things that really helped me on my journey are things that I'm using with my clients today. So, um, you know, I do a lot of different readings with people and helping them to figure out, you know, if they're if in their business. And I do some business consulting where I'm helping them to align with who they naturally are and what they're gifted at, because so many people set their businesses up um, in their weakness, in the thing that's their blind spot or their struggle. And 
they don't even realize that what they should be doing instead. So a lot of times it's just the role that they play. You know, I've helped, I had a client that was a salesperson in her business and she was all about freedom and getting out of the office and connecting with people and helping people from that standpoint. And when at one point her business that she was working for was being sold. And so she actually bought it. And I don't think she had any idea of being the business owner and how different the satisfaction, how different her role was going to be, and that it wasn't as an alignment with the previous role that she had. And so I helped her to hire people to fill in those gaps of where they weren't her strengths and got her back out connecting with the clients and, and her whole business turned around. So really a lot of times that's what I'm doing with my clients is helping them to understand who they are and then helping them to align with that in their business. It can be in their life or their relationships. It can be in their health. It can be in anything, but when we're out of alignment, it has serious effects. And so I realized how it was affecting me and that's the journey that I went on. So then the other piece of it, which I kind of shared on my journey was that, yes, I had this blueprint for success, but really no ability to step into it. It was so overwhelming and so scary for me. And so I really had to get rewire my brain and re and think about things differently. And so the mindset work that I do helps people first, you get your clarity through the blueprints, and then you get out of your own way by changing the way you think about things. And what I've discovered in my, you know, part of my purpose is, you know, teaching and explaining things. And I am doing a lot of teaching of Theta Healing. I'm doing different, I'm teaching human design. I teach, you know, I love, I love teaching. And when I do that, you know, it creates a satisfaction in my life and a fulfillment that then the money follows it because I've raised my vibration, right? I also do law of attraction coaching. So it's like all these tools that are how they work together and how they complement each other really elevates you to step into a whole different life. And so that's what I love doing for my clients too. Right. We, um, we met at a, I think I'm not exactly sure, but I think we met at one of um, Beth Davis's hand analysis trainings and um, then went on to do some other trainings too. And um, it was really with the hand, the first reading I had with the hands. Um, I think I'd heard an interview of Beth with Carol Allen, you know, who's a Vedic astrologer. And um, she, you know, read my hands. The fingerprints are formed in utero at four months. And the system of hand analysis and reading the life purpose um, among other things in the hands, um, focuses on the fingerprints. And uh, um, I, as if your, your, your soul chose this life and this life purpose, not only in your moment of birth, but it's then imprinted and it's given to you in your hands. And what she pointed out was um, that one of my life lessons involved victimization and power. And um, I had worked as a therapist in the field of abuse for, by that point, for 25 years. Um, I'd worked with victims 
uh, I knew a lot about the sort of what psychiatric science and treatment of this. And I was like, no, I am not a victim. You know, in my, in my apartment after my second divorce, I'm like, no, I'm not a victim. Maybe I don't have a very good, maybe I, uh, you know, things have happened in my life and maybe I didn't really choose the right men or maybe I um, made mistakes. Um, maybe I'm doomed, but I am not a victim, right? <laughs> and I was sitting, I think I was sitting in the garage of my condo building and um, uh, Beth told me this and I was, I'm like, no. And then I uh, hang up and I get out to step out of the car and I have packages in my hand that fall on the ground, which is not atypical for me. And I immediately get angry at the packages. Like you did that to me. That's what I would say. I would say, oh, thanks a lot. Right. Like you did this to me. You jumped out of my arms. And that moment was the light bulb went off and I went, oh, <laughs> I think that's a victimization, right? If I that's can see she's packages. About. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it was that pairing of that and that opened the door. I didn't even begin to know what I was going to be seeing about myself, but it opened the door for me to go, oh, that's really different. And what do I need to do to change it? And it wasn't overnight, I can tell you. No. But it really helped to, you know, made such a difference to switch my mindset about that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the thing that people don't realize is that it is a process and it, it can take some time to undo, you know, 30, 40 years of patterns, you know, and ways of handling things, ways of thinking. And so when you take a step back and see it from a different perspective, it can be really empowering, but it isn't always, it's a simple process, but it's not always easy. <laughs> right. So right. I've, yeah. Now, so my, um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say one thing is throughout my whole career, you know, which was really very conventional. You know, if you look at my resume, it's sort of very conventional for a therapist and a consultant and um, the licensed mental health provider and, uh, and all of that. And, you know, two graduate degrees, but all along the way, I mean, from when I can, from the first time I can remember, I've always used certain tools to help guide me. And often it was in the closet. Like I was not, my professional colleagues didn't know that I was getting astrology readings or studying hand analysis. But what I love about what you do is that you combine not only your conventional, I mean, you know, you're all your fund of knowledge about business management and consult and, and, um, strategy with this uh with really a menu of um these in, these intuitive i would call them intuitive arts that allow you to see beyond the surface and help clients to tap deeper than really what sort of conventional um, knowledge shows us yeah no i you know i gone through therapy I've gone through so many different things and I really feel like the deep work of going to the root of the problem or and where it originated and clearing up the way that you look at it has been the most profound way for me to move forward and 
you know, I experienced a lot of times when I was in therapy of them just reaffirming how awful it was or, you know, giving understanding and compassion for where I was sitting. But that wasn't really helpful. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough. Mm-mm. It didn't help change. It just, you know, it validated my feelings. That felt good for once, mm-hmm. right? But I really feel like until you get down underneath what's what's the root of the problem, I didn't really experience much change until then. Right. So. There were, I think there also is the role of having other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, meeting you and being in other groups, both my prof- with my professional, you know, my more conventional professional colleagues, it, that has made a difference too, because it really helps not only to fill in the gaps. So Melissa, we're there, our time is just about up, but I'm wondering if you could just t- talk a little bit about how people can contact you if they're interested in exploring more about, uh, you know, how to move forward with their business and their personal life. Sure. Yeah, I have, um, I, my website is melissakirk.com and it's K-I-R-K is my last name. Um, and if you sign up on my website, there's a free ebook for how to manifest anything. And it gives a lot of tools on like how your mindset, what you're, how you're creating your reality. And if you want something different, there's exercises in there. Um, I'm on Facebook, Melissa Kirk Consulting. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. It's just Melissa Kirk underscore. And there's a place on my website if you want to set up a discovery call with me, or you can also sign up for readings or coaching, whatever. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, I highly recommend any time you can spend with Melissa. I always benefit from, you know, our conversations and our time together. So this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Um, Today, I've been talking with Melissa Kirk, and we've been talking about empowerment and how empowerment can come from uh, a difficult marriage, let's say that. I mean, I think that's not an uncommon path for people as they grow. And um, at any rate, um, I uh, look forward to um, the next show, and I encourage you to get in contact with Melissa um, and to explore how you can move forward because she's a master at that. 